Well, hello, Vineyard Worship Tribe. I'm Harmony Smith, and I'm the Director of Worship for the UK and Ireland. This is my new friend, Mike O'Brien, from the Vineyard in the USA. He's going to introduce himself in just a moment. I just want to introduce this conversation. We are talking about what is worship. This pandemic has brought some really interesting questions to the fore and we are asking questions that we maybe haven't really ever dared ask before. We're going where we have um, unexpectedly found ourselves and, and are asking what actually is worship, especially for those of us that can't or are being advised not to sing. What is worship? So Mike, you are the training director coordinator what is your title for the vineyard in the usa for worship i oversee i'm the director of the vineyard school of worship school of yeah. worship very yeah. good and you have been training worship leaders for a good stretch now haven't you so i would love to just hear a bit about that a bit about your family where you live sure. Tell us some some fun stuff about mike o'brien Absolutely. Well, I didn't uh, grow up in a family of faith necessarily. I came to the Lord uh, in around 10, 12 years old, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was pretty, the local church came and rescued me from a very uh, traumatic domestic abuse situation. Oh, wow. uh, they literally pulled us out of a home uh, before we. I was a Christian, and obviously I became a Christian by some of these gentlemen that came and rescued us. One of them was a music director and he invited me up on the stage to play saxophone with the hymns and to play bass. And mm -hmm. in this little Presbyterian church that met in a metal box near our home that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know what church did and was. Um, I came to faith uh, and literally discipled on the stage through songwriting and putting sets together and playing little gigs and things like that in the church. So I love the local church and my wife, Susan, her father's a pastor and we met in college, music college, and uh, she's amazing. We live here in Atlanta. We have a nine-year-old son <clears throat> and uh, for 18 years, Coming out of that Presbyterian background, I came into the vineyard, walked into a vineyard church in 1994, and I saw a rock and roll band and a dude with dreads playing bass. And it was like a Friday night and the room was packed. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> this, this sort of thing only happens, these goosebumps only happen at youth camp, you know, mm -hmm. when you're a Presbyterian. Uh, it's allowed once a year. <laughs> and you think that's just because there's people, uh, there's attractive young women everywhere and you're 18, you know, and that's the Holy Spirit. But no, this was completely <laughs> proper. <terrifying> that. <laughs> <laughs> this was completely proper, just in the middle of what we call the renewal in the vineyard, mm -hmm. where you'd have church five or six times a week. I walked into the vineyard in the middle of that. Wow. and fell in love with obviously rock and roll I was already in love with but fell in love with the idea that you could combine this thing that happens on stage with a very spiritual thing and my love for the church and discipling all those bodies that are on the stage and behind the soundboard so super exciting for me so from that vineyard we planted a church and I was the worship pastor of a church for 18 years wow. um, one church wow. uh, thousands of little services so I was there for 18 years and then I left that position in 2015 and I always say that I was in one church for 18 years and I've been in a hundred churches or more in five years so I'm I now travel and teach and train the church at large the vineyard the Lutherans the Baptists the Methodists um, I don't know how I've been able to uh, trick them all that uh, I'm in their, in their domain, but it's been really fun uh, training worship teams and sound techs from all over. So in addition to the work with Vineyard School of Worship, which is amazing and fun, I do a lot of independent stuff. And uh, uh, it's, it's, 
it's a crazy journey. And my wife is a spiritual director, so she's downstairs uh, on her calls with her people and a piano teacher, and we homeschool our sons. So um, it's it's been an interesting ride this past five years and definitely this past few months in Corona land. Amazing. And that is yeah. such a powerful story, you know, how God plucked you out and, um, just being discipled through worship like that. And then what you're doing today, it's incredible. So yeah. tell us a little bit about the school of worship um, for our UK and Irish watchers yeah. <laughs> listen yeah. listeners but it, we we um get little snippets of what's happening in the u.s with our vineyard family but give us a little insight into what you guys are doing it's really cool yeah absolutely well for years and years the vineyard you know overflowed with worship like God, it was just if you if you watch Bethel videos now or you watch Hillside and you see all this fruit and goodness and you know it before you could capture it in an edit it was happening in real time <laughs> and with really simple elements so the church at large the Baptists the Methodists the 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 mainline churches would hear of what was happening in the vineyard in the 70s and 80s and they would travel and watch and learn um, and over time the vineyard just became the teacher in not not the only one i mean there's still other other streams doing this but uh they became the place to go so 80s and 90s that kind of happened and then we just kind of stopped intentionally training people we just took it for granted that man if you could just get in a room with terry butler and brian dirksen you would learn a ton good luck finding the room and getting there but you'll learn a ton um so about five or six years ago with uh, Jason Hagen here in the States, we just started to dream about and think, okay, what do, how do we intentionally do this again? And me as like a third or fourth generation vineyard person uh, with no hits, like I don't have any songwriting hits. I don't, I don't have a book. I'm just a bro that was faithful to a 200 member church for 20 years. Right. Um, and uh my my skinny jean game is weak. If you've seen that the, that profile of that little pit, pit bull dog, um, uh, worship leaders and skin, you know, I mean, it's just all my optics are off for being a trainer guy because uh, the trainer cats are usually those that have had some success, <laughs> quote unquote success. So, but we just dreamed about what is it, what do we do if we take some of these faithful people in our movement and we give them a, a platform and a microphone, you know, Casey Corum and Annabeth and uh, Sarah Elmer and Ted Kim, you know, these people have just been around, you know, we've been sticking around, uh, showing up and we're all pretty good at what we do. I mean, can't we share? I mean, none of us are on these national platforms. So the dream was to just create some conferences, basically, roundtable environments, mix it up a little bit, and yes, have incredible worship moments on the stage, but kind of stop those <laughs> and say, okay, what just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, how is David Roos doing that? Are there practical things? that give him the anointing <laughs> what let's break that down what does that mean what is this uh folksy cool celtic ancient future thing that dan wilt's doing let's what is he do, what is he pulling from what is the artsy fartsy i don't give a darn john barnett what is that how do you know so different kinds of leaders What's the practical things that are happening behind there? What are the things that we can do to, um, to open that up? So we just started doing conferences. So little three, four day things, Thursday through Saturday. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've done the sound and then, and then breaking it up. So sound lab, we have a sound lab and just invite all the grumpy sound people to come. And it worked like they just showed up. <laughs> we were like, wow, this, you know, a hundred, hundred grumpy guys show up and they, 
geek out on stuff and we do ministry time and we run out of tissue, you know, it's like, um, it's just good. Good. So we split it up into sound songwriting, uh, worship leaders, 18 to 35 for the summer session thrive, which we're about to do, which is all ages. So just trying to provide some different opportunities uh, for, if you're if you're a vineyard pastor, you're, you're curious about this tension that vineyard holds between Pentecostal swinging from the chandeliers and liturgical singing and being chill, you know, and reading pre-written stuff, um, you know, and then you know high church and and sacramental. So how do we? What is that tension? We try to explain it and and send you home with notes and um, some ministry time and relationship. So that's what we've been up to. Long answer, but that's it. That's really good. My sense is, as you're saying about the no hits, I think you have a lot of hits. They, <laughs> they, they just look like worship leaders in the local church that are thriving and better equipped and more confident in what they're doing. Um, yeah. And I think that that really makes Jesus happy. So for all the worship leaders who will watch this and feel like they don't have hits, you know, I think the hits that Jesus is looking mm -hmm. for is just not, not what we think a lot of times. And so, you know, guys, Mike is a great example of someone who has been faithful and who's been willing to look for the hits in hidden places. <laughs> that might be overlooked and, um, yeah. you know, take other people and try to make other people better, make other people more um, confident in their calling. So mm. it's really exciting. Um, so tell us a little bit about how lockdown has been for you guys in Atlanta. You're my first U.S. guest in this conversation. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously we approach things differently <laughs> for worse and for better <laughs> in so many different ways. Um, the way it's affecting us, you know, the first th few months, maybe three months solid, it was lockdown city. Uh, even in the, in the, I'm in the South here, which is pretty conservative and, um, you know, throw caution to the wind and, and that sort of thing. So it took a long time to see a lot of masks uh, in stores and in churches, but now pretty much you see them everywhere and most people are engaging in some sort of distancing. Um, but that being said, in, in our region, the city is on the move. There's traffic just like there normally is. There's a few less school buses because some of our schools are meeting like nothing happened and some of our schools are completely shut down depending on what region they're in. So it's kind of all over the map. Um, and a lot of churches are, are meeting most, it seems like most churches are back to some sort of physical meeting um, in a building. If they've got a big, nice building, they're, they're doing some things. Um, and then on the outliers, there's certainly some that are just back to normal. Like the seats are the same, the worship's the same, everything's the same. Um, so it's interesting. It's it's varied here, uh, and it really changes from town to town. Last night, my wife and I went to a date on a date just 15 miles away, and the restaurants were complete. The culture was completely different. It was locked down and very like, I mean, dude was making my salad for me. I mean, it was it was very different than near my home where you, you don't even notice a difference. Mm. Um, so it's, it's interesting in, in our church, uh, we've got maybe, uh, 50% of the attendance, but we're meeting in a park. Okay. And it's great. It's so good. Like we've never met in a public like mm. space. So in the distance, we hear people playing pickleball and tennis and the kids doing, you know, and we're worshiping and this sounds kind of coming out of the, this space and people are looking down. Seeing what's up. It's really fun. And the weather's great. So it's, it's been Lucky a sweet you. consolation. Yeah. It's been really nice. 
the weather, the weather is definitely a different scenario from my point of view living in Northern Ireland. I can't imagine church outside working particularly well. And I, I would imagine a lot of people have no idea what pickleball even is. <laughs> you might have lost people there. What is pickleball? I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's like tennis, but it's little, it's like little paddles. Okay. And, uh, I think it's like easier on the joints or something like, um, I hardly know what it is. I should know what it is at our, we have this awesome retreat once a year, or we used to have this awesome retreat once a year in the mountains of the Carolinas. And every year we'd have 150 vineyard worship leaders in this conference center and 150 pickleball players. And we all hang out together. Wow. <laughs> it's like a pickleball conference. Like they have like, breakout sessions on the best pickleball balls you know <laughs> I, I don't know it's it's really funny so my I'll head try to get... feels a little pickled after trying to figure out what you're talking about <laughs> well look it up after this call yeah please so, do. so anyway you're outside and are you singing together are you masking what does it look like yeah i mean there was that discussion in that article two or three months ago that said hey guys singing's not gonna work we're so sorry all the scientists say close it up close up shop you know and then the typical people god god can't be muzzled we're not gonna be muzzled and then people we need to do what they say you know don't sing don't um so that was a, a thing, but we were all still in lockdown. We weren't actually meeting together again. About four to five weeks after that article and that discussion, we just started meeting. <clears throat> so we gathered on the side of our building and we were getting, the worship leaders sang, you know, we had a song or two and everybody just sang. And we just thought, well, heck, I, we don't, we, what, we don't know what to do. <laughs> like tell people not to say, you know, cause we're just singing people like this is just what happens. And it felt so good to sing. People are separated in chairs and masked. And so that's just kind of what happened. And then we started meeting at the park and there's lots of distance between us. So we just sing. And now our, our rules of our government have no rules against that. You know, right. there's nothing not even close. Anymore. Yeah. You know, we're, we're totally letter of the law, probably even more so mm -hmm. doing more than what the government wants us to do. Um, Cause we think that's important just to model that well. Uh, and you can get a lot, you can get a lot done. You know, it's kind of, it's the same ideas. Like when your pastor gives you a bunch of rules and regulations, what he or she wants in worship. Well, I'm just going to live in freedom in whatever they give me right? Six minutes of worship, that's going to be the most insane worship they've ever heard in their lives. And they're going to be, they're going to be beg, they're going to be doing this at the end of six minutes. Keep it going, right? That's my dream. <clears throat> Same thing with the government stuff. Like, we're going to do this. This is what you have to do. Okay. I'm going to live the freaking dream and like try to, uh, now obviously that's a nuanced conversation. It can get really nutty fast, but in our first world, <clears throat> problems <clears throat> to totally so we're 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 obeying the rules and about half the people are showing up <clears throat> we found that if we just call people and say hey what's up we hadn't seen you um sometimes they got some really good questions mm. like i'm kind of scared of this and oh well did you know that we've got the little communion thingies that don't contaminate and you can just pick it up by yourself. Oh, hey, did you know you can wear a green armband if you're cool with kind of being close and you wear a red band if you want people to stay away? Oh, oh all right. Interesting system. Well, we might, we might come next week, you know, so, and once people come, they're like, oh, okay, this is all right. Well, sure, there's, there's a certain fear and there's a certain risk involved. Mm -hmm. um but it, it we're mitigating it to some degree so you know and are you wearing masks in your service y yeah it's um everybody that shows up is wearing them um 
And then once we start singing, the singers take them off. <clears throat> uh, the preacher doesn't wear one when he or she preaches, but most people are wearing them, take them off for communion. Um, a couple people take them off to sing, but there seems to be some self-management. You know, those people will separate themselves a little more. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one, one thing that I noticed Sunday was like, all of our Pentecostal charismatic tricks don't work. Oh, talk to me about like, that. Like as a worship leader, uh, you know, hey, come closer or get, you know, you, you like to be able to kind of like encourage the room, the shape and the, and the scope of the room. Let's put more energy in people up here. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, I love that. I love asking leadership, hey, will you guys sit up close and kind of help me with momentum? And, you know, it's, it's some manipulation. It's just, it's environment. Can we make the environment more conducive? Um, none of those things work. <laughs> people are, are, are getting away from you. Like they're, they've been trained to just get away from the stage and from the, yeah. Hey, I'm spreading <laughs> this disease. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. and they all, you look out and everybody looks like, uh, like a bad guy in a movie, you know, with the black mat. I mean, it's like, it's very, it's already hard. It yeah. was hard a year ago Yeah, yeah. having, you know, I thought this was going to be like, when Jeremy Riddle leads, all the, you know, the world explodes when they, when they panned that, but, but it was hard a year ago. And now everybody's like literally muzzled. Uh, it's, it's very daunting. So just emotionally, mm -hmm. like you're like, oh, I mean, it was hard just singing into an iPhone, but this is like, wow. And you can feel uh, there's, there is a lot of anxiety. Mm. We've been at it for probably 15 weeks out in the park mm. and there's still anxiety. I wouldn't call it fear. It's not fear. It's just an anxiousness. Right. So, it, which a year ago there was anxiousness. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Hey, relax, make yourself at home. Stand if you're able, you know, like yeah, yeah. we're going to join and, and meet with, with the living God. Um, there, there's no reason to fear you're in a safe place. Let's enter into these songs together, right? Uh, using that kind of language, like you can't even talk like that because there's no microphone. So you're like, hey, hey, okay, let's sing. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just- You're not using any PA or anything out in the park. Well, we can't. In our park, there's the rule that you just can't use a PA, oh, wow. which is fine. We're totally used to doing the whole acoustic in the round thing, mm -hmm. but normally it's like a shtick. It's like a, hey, tonight we're going to do acoustic worship in the round and it's super fun. This is like pandemic. The reason why we're doing it is because there's a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. So it's not fun or like novel. It seems- epic um and you know we don't have a projector so it's it's a challenge right uh, but all those charismatic -y, good time clappy any sort of tricks that you use in ministry time i mean my goodness i mean there's a lot that can happen with me just getting close in a safe way and saying hey do you mind if I just lay my hand on your back while we pray? Um, it's okay. If it, Oh, it's okay. Okay, great. You know, I mean, there's so much that can happen to remove obstacles by making physical spaces more conducive that we cannot do right now. So music, worship's getting stripped down, not just in general, I mean, just in, in general ways, in all sorts of ways, it's being stripped down. We're going to have to really think about what the heck it is we're actually doing you know mm. so what do you think about the fact that these tricks as you call them i quote mike o'brien i'm, I'm sorry that's just the way my brain works and pentecostal tricks people watching this are going to be they're going to love that these <laughs> tricks um but they're not working anymore what do you think about that well let me say this in the vineyard our tricks are softer and they're not as 
irritating to those that are receiving. <laughs> so, <laughs> People stick around. <laughs> let me just say that, like that, like we we've learned how to be Pentecostal and to be Holy Spirit filled without being weird, right? But even in those non-weird things, like I just the example of, of laying on hands, um, you don't even have that. You don't even have this relational. Let me model it in a healthy way. You, there's none of that. It's everybody's separate. Um, I forgot the question you asked. What did you just ask? What do you think of the What do you think of the fact that these things don't work anymore? I think the Lord is just teaching us that that method, the method that we lead worship, the method, the style, the tools, the the gadgets, um, are great, but they're not. It's not the thing. I always say gathering over gadgets, you know, like as pastors and sound techs keep trying to digital this and ears this and let's add a new screen. You know, awesome, 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 awesome. What's the gathering? What's the purpose? What are we actually doing? We've always said it. What if all this gets stripped away? What if we have to go back to the caves, right? Like what we've always said it and God's like literally calling our bluff. Like, okay. Yeah, what, what, show, show me what worship is. <laughs> what's left when you don't have the ADM thing and the, what's, what's left? And the funny thing is, is that two things are happening simultaneously. Like we're getting very ancient, very fast in my context, but other churches are just ramping up the technology. They're buying tens of thousands of, you know, dollars of gear camera and make it more digital and you know that's a great conversation and um my goodness there's a church in your region uh catalyst they're killing it i mean their online service is beautiful their ang the angles and the lights mm -hmm. they are doing such a brilliant job of they that. Are. and it's not distracting it seems very kingdom to me right um but i very much believe that the content if you got rid of all the, the cables and the HDMIs and the, it would all settle into a pretty, a pretty nice service. So um, I think that's what the Lord's doing. He's just, he's shaking up the church a little bit and uh, saying, Hey, what's at the core of what you're doing? I know a lot of worship leaders I train and talk to are asking that question. Like I really built my skill set on, having the track. Uh, I, I worked through the shame of my own heart and my willingness was connected to having 323 people right in front of me looking at me and all those comments you would get. Oh, you're so, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Like those are good things, but it's not the thing. And if it becomes the main thing that we're, that we're doing it for, um, I think the Lord, you know, I mean, the, the, the Lord is taking it and making it for his good for the church. We're going to come out of this in a really good way. A lot of our churches are. Some of our churches are, are probably not listening and don't, don't care or just moving on with the machine. But I see a lot of people changing it up. Mm -hmm. Which leads nicely into, I suppose, the crux of this conversation is based on everything that's happening, particularly for us in the vineyard, when you take singing out of the equation, what is worship? So, Michael Bryan, what do you think worship is? How would you define or explain it? How do you teach what worship is in your teaching environment? Yeah. Well, for years and years, we would always joke, and I joke with other worship leaders, like, what do you mean you're busy? All you got to do is pick out five songs for Sunday. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> choose some jams. You're done. Done with the week. And that always bugged me about my role. It bugged me when I sat with finance teams to try to justify a little raise, you know, and these business bros would just look over at me and be like, now, what do you do? You do... The music for our church. Oh, that's great. You know, and I would, I would scare me because I would have to think, oh, well, I actually do 
more. You know, this is actually what it looks like. Um, the stage is just the tip of the iceberg for me. But for a lot of people, it is the the main event of the week. And if you're paid nothing or you're paid very little, it might be all you can do is choose the songs and show up and sing them. Um, but after 15 years of doing it, just like that in my mind, I went and got my master's degree in worship. I, I went to study it and say, okay, what's the deeper thing that we don't get a lot in the vineyard. Uh, we get a lot of the like experiencing God, like mm -hmm. experiencing God, but the formation of worship, mm -hmm. some of those things. I went to the Robert E. Weber Institute of Worship, which is a nice. brilliant school here in the States. And it just blew my mind. I walked into that chapel the first time, the way they do worship, what I call the Weber Mass. Um, it's kind of this Anglican-y worldwide mass with like a Michael W. Smith song in there somewhere. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> it's just, it blew me away. I'm, I'm like in a line with like, uh, you know, priests with collars and tattoos and then uh, old school, like Lutheran dudes that have been at it for a long time. J just this mixture of spectrum of the church, all worshiping together, all there to study worship blew my mind. First, the judgments that are going through my head, like these guys need the vineyard, man, this is stiff. Like bro doing this uh, responsive reading thing, like this is, they really need my help. And, <laughs> and the drama thing that comes, you know, and they dramatize the Psalm. And then we do this ancient Psalm chant thing. Uh, I'm like, bro, these guys, they really need my help. But by the end of the service, I'm like weeping, I'm broken. I'm like, what the hell do I know about worship? I know nothing about worship. You know, I've been, I've had this one sliver of a sliver in Atlanta, Georgia experience in the vineyard, which is a sliver of a sliver of the worldwide church. I am dumb. <laughs> I need to learn. I need to repent. So from there, my definition of worship has changed. And, you know, in those classes that I took, the, the biggest takeaway for me in the beginning of understanding biblical worship is that worship is primarily about who, not what, when, where. I'm, I'm so, I'm an Enneagram one. I'm a refiner. I love so much about everything but the who, you know, just because I want to control it. But the who of our worship, which obviously is Jesus, uh, you know, worshiping God through Jesus with the help of the Spirit, this Trinitarian thing, dance that's going on, that is truly the center of our worship, is the who. Um, James K. Smith says, you know, this idea that we're, we're born worshiping, worship is the bent of all humans, that all humans are drawn to worship something, somebody. Um, you are what you love mm -hmm. is worship. So worship is everywhere. I see it all over the place. People that, wow, what do they adore the most? I can tell from your video or your, your, Wow, seven of the eight things you post online are about your real estate success. You know, I, I think you worship real estate <laughs> and the success and the joys it gives you. Um, so we're born worshiping. I, I, now I've got all these markers in scripture <clears throat> that are what worship is. But as Dan Wilt says, worship is about everything and everything's about worship. Once you see it in this grid, it's like, yes. And I know yoga teachers probably think everything's about yoga, you know, I mean, that just the passion of your life, but I really believe it. Like, I think that this, the proclamations we make on the weekend are pretty, um, are pretty narrow. <laughs> like Jesus is the one true God. He's the way, mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're proclaiming that. So work is worship. Genesis 1, when we work, it's worship. That's pretty awesome, that revelation. 
Adam working the field is worship. It's a joy unto the Lord. Silence is worship. So these are the things that we're teaching our congregation, even in this time. If your church is not singing, the Lord is calling your bluff and saying, you always said this worship was, you know, about this. Show me. What is it? Work is worship. So we encourage our people, hey, as we work and we feed our families and we bring in the harvest, literally, that is a joy unto the Lord. You're doing good work in and outside the church. Um, silence is worship, right? Good, good morning. Hey, this week we had an incredible tragedy in our community. Let's just join with those who don't have words and let's meet with the Lord in silence and, and prayer, or, or even just silence. Like it's okay just that there be nothing. And we're just going to spend the next minute in that space. Will you join with us? That is worship. Right there, worship's happening. And all the type A people and the people with their Apple watches that are buzzing, and they're all freaking out at 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. They're like, this guy, we need to replace this guy. But at 43 seconds is when the work happens. 48 seconds, 55 seconds. Ah, say something. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's get to your feet and put your hands together for the Lord. We're going to, you know, um, <laughs> we worshiped in that silence. Um, worship is formational. Worship shapes thing. When my son, nine-year-old son comes to church and he listens to the scripture and he recognizes the order of what we do, that we don't just run into church and start drinking grape juice and eating bread randomly. That part happens after some sort of emotional ramp up. Like he's being formed and shaped into that, whether there's songs or not. Um, worship is all, a, it's all for God, but it's not all about him. Without the community, which is to our left and right, you know, we worship within community. So just looking at people, <laughs> looking at the image of God, praying for them as they walk in, being together. Um, so would you say that there's something maybe for us to consider who can't sing and won't potentially be singing for some time, that there's something about worship that we just being with our family are the body of Christ and we can see them yeah. a meter, two meters away from us, whatever the safe distance is. We can see them just being in the room with them. Even if we aren't joining our voices together, if we're not hugging, if we're not um, putting a hand on for prayer ministry, there's something in what you said there that captured my heart for just being within sight of each other. Like, yeah, there's, there's so many creative things that we could think of as worship leaders to help form and fashion our congregants uh, into the image of God that we would draw close, um, really any habit. So as people come together, there might be, uh, you might hand some, somebody a, a pen, their own pen, and they would write on a wailing wall, or they would write on a celebration wall, or just something they're thankful, a consolation in, uh, in quarantine, or the names of God, you know, write out a name of God, or, or who you say God is, right? You could write this out. You could, mm -hmm. um, if, if you're on a digital landscape, you could say, hey, everybody just Write something you're thankful for today as we enter into worship uh, on the chat board, you know, mm -hmm. and if mm -hmm. you instruct people and it's cool and it's not, it, it, there's some intentionality behind it, people will follow um, physical action. So like symbolic uh, action, hey, would you hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift, you know, 
you're not any more likely to catch the virus by holding, I mean, as far as I know, until a new article comes out like this. This is an okay posture. Um, everybody hold your hands close to your heart. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Can you just pray for somebody you know who has a broken heart today, right? Um, as Johnny sings this song, because he's the only one who can sing, right? The rules say you can only have one singer. Um, you, you should be racking your brain thinking, how can we do this? Responsive song or responsive reading. Uh, let's get some litanies. Let's read some of these things together. Speaking a song. Oh my gosh, how powerful would that be to speak a song together? Um, and what that means. Grieving with others, crying. <clears throat> um Bat baptism, you know, if you can do, I mean, some of the rules might say you can't sing, but you can baptize. You can bless children. If there's some new children, you could do a blessing or a dedication. These are worshipful. These are part of a worshiping church. Um, writing, like I said, actions of justice. So after a lot of times, if there's a disaster and there's a way to text Red Cross, $10. Hey, everybody, let's be generous today as an act of worship. Let's bring our tithe and offering, right? Uh, but hey, let's, to whoever can, let's text the Red Cross for the hurricane victims or, the, you know, just things that we can do. We could be thinking, obviously, reading scripture, beautiful um, silence, listening word, any habit, anything that we can lead people in creatively, let's do it. Let's just go for it. That's really good. And we were talking before we hit record about how you're a guy who does really well. You've done, you've, you've dug deep on some stuff. So I'm not saying you haven't gone deep, but you are sure. really good at unpacking and explaining the practical side and training people for the practical skill side of worship. And so all of those ideas are really helpful. Would you say on top of that as well, that you are starting to train and teach differently, that you have some new ideas forming yourself in terms of how you would train worship leaders? Is that shifting for you at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was kind of in the beginning of quarantine, I was beginning to chart out my first book. Oh, um, cool. You know, to think, okay, what book it do I need great. to write? Um, it's going to be a practical book, but I don't want it to be like a manual, uh, necessarily. So I, that's all been mixed up, but honestly, the formation that the, the master's degree you know, I mean, we studied history for six months, just the history of the church, right? So uh, the sound system, the PA, the, the amplification is like 110 years old. 110 years old is how old microphones are. <laughs> like, like this idea that like, we're the first to experience any of this is so silly. Like there's this rich tradition of the church that has figured things out long before us. Um, so we can tap into that. We can study the, the church fathers, um, the desert uh, monks, you know, and say, what is going on? What are some other things that um, are going to help us along the journey? So I've kind of already been, not that like I was way ahead of the game and you guys are all you know, just catching on. It, it, it's when you think of worship in these in these ways, it it diminishes the power of the lights and the click tracks and the. I mean, all those things are great, and I love them. I love rock and roll. I love the tools that the church has, so volunteers can easily step into very complex musical settings. But my goodness, I mean, if the power goes out we should all immediately be able to change gears. If, if the the main sanctuary burns down with all the toys, we should be able to go to the youth room and get this thing done like that. Any worship leader worth their, worth their weight is going to be able to make that shift. Um, so 
not to not to bring shame if you're not there because I wasn't there for a long time and maybe where I am now isn't the jam but quarantine yeah so I just I just see it in a way and here's the thing training never ends so now is a brilliant time to invite new scared people to join the team that didn't like the ear thing and the click track and the microphone like that freaks people out like getting onto this is a big deal for a lot of people. Hey, will you just come sing with me in the park? You can stand behind that pillar and just <laughs> sing. You yeah. know? So I'm thinking of, and there's people that, Hey, can you like, there's, there's uh, <clears throat> 10, my 10 my nine year old can run the iPhone. Hey, will you set up the iPhone and let us go live? Like you do with grandma and granddaddy. Sure. You know, like we can train people that, my son couldn't do the X32 mixer insanity, but he can run an iPhone and put us live on Facebook. So training up people that pre-quarantine, it wouldn't be proper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but uh, you know, Johnny's doesn't want to come to church, but you're here, you know, or maybe you've already had the virus and you've already got the antibodies like, we're going to put you to work. <laughs> like, will you help us? So always training, always thinking through what does this look like? How do we serve the church in this moment? And be wary of, there's so many conversations about our preaching needs to be shorter, worship needs to be shorter, and that's absolutely true. People are just in a state of flux, and we don't need to be wearing them out. That being said, be weary of the, what if we just get rid of it? Let's just go feed the poor, right? That that thing that happens. Why do we even need this? Can't we just do acts of justice? <laughs> Fueled by our own altruistic sense <laughs> versus fueled by the gospel, fueled by the proclamation of the word. So be wary of that, worship leaders. You don't need to fight for... 30 minutes or even 15 minutes, but we do need to proclaim and say, this is our one true God, whether you're singing it, speaking it, symbolic action, where you put the, bring out a cross, where you set up, like last week, we, we had our communion, like in a bucket, like everybody just kind of, and we just thought, Hey, is there any way we could just kind of make the communion, even though we're in the park and there's pickleball going on, like, could we make it a little more holy? So we just had some people go to the craft store and buy a couple things to make the setting a little more pleasant. Mm-hmm. That's worship. Mm-hmm. That's worship, right? Wow. There's lots, lots in there to think about. You know, I love what you're saying about the, the simplicity of you're getting your iPhone out and you're training your nine and 10 or 10 year old kid to actually do that for you. And the potential opportunities that that opens up for the church, you know, maybe not the mega church, but for the small gatherings of the church to multiply and to enlist and train because the priesthood of all believers, everyone gets to play is such a huge part of the vineyard, isn't it? And so it's the, I feel this tension of wanting to hold on to that as a, as a value, as a philosophy of, of ministry. Um, But at the same time, um, every way in which we're playing is completely changing. I'm not really sure if everyone is playing anymore, but I love what you're saying. There's a potential there for more people to play in different, in different ways. Um, And that's really exciting. So looking for those opportunities to get people plugged in um, because we don't want it to become uh, back to that place where only a handful of people are able to do the stuff, right? Everyone needs to play and we want to be doing the stuff. And what Absolutely. does that look like in this season? So I loved, yeah. I loved what you were saying there. So you've given us a lot to think about, Mike, and I think that um, your heart for training people is coming 
through. Um, is there anything that you would say to the the trainers out there that because our, our landscape has changed so much and maybe our connection with people has shifted and we're not we're not really too sure how to do this you know if we're used to being in a room with people we're used to coaching and teaching um do you have a word of encouragement maybe to those of us that are like we're wired to teach and train we want to give ourselves away <laughs> but our whole world has just shifted on us and we don't really know how to navigate this mm. yeah it's <clears throat> i think at the <clears throat> excuse me at the end of the day <clears throat> the resolve, the calling that we have on our lives to uh, be servants. I mean, we're all called to be servants in the church, but some of us have this thing where like, man, we want to give this thing away to as many people as possible. Before I die, I want to I see as many people run with this um, as possible. That isn't changing right now worship and worship training, training the church in music might seem like the least significant thing right now. You know, we need scientists, we need computer networkers, we need cameramen, you know, right? These are the things that are coming. And really worship is always going to be, regardless of the situation, it's, it's always going to be the last, one of the last things we maybe think we need practically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but we know that what we're doing is um, <clears throat> formational. It is life-changing. When done well, it, um, it shapes and forms a people. So leaning into that resolve, continuing to read, <clears throat> continuing to invest in yourself, and absolutely widen this role of what this means from on stage to what does this mean in pandemic? What is the role of an artist, of a prophet, of a poet? <clears throat> what are we doing? We certainly need to be writing songs and championing songs for this moment. Um, prayers, scriptures embedded into our songs. <clears throat> so not to give up and to look for those opportunities, look for who's available. Um, maybe not the most talented. <laughs> it's going to be who's, who's even showing up, who's here. Um, right. Because a lot of people are just stripping away, right? All the, all the uh, statistic, statisticians are telling us we're just going to lose 30% of our church wholesale. Mm -hmm. Just people are checking out like any nominal Christians <clears throat> are piecing out at this point. Um, so who's left? Who's there? Who wants to work? Invest in them. Um, and yeah, move, I mean, it's so sad. Like I miss being with people and all standing in a circle and doing some kind of drama exercise, you know, to get the body loosened up. It's hard. We're moving into these digital spaces. Um, but to be creative, like we moved from I used to do master classes in groups. So somebody would get on stage and lead a song <clears throat> and the whole group would encourage them. And then I would refine some things in like an American Idol, uh, Britain's Got Talent kind of way. Um, but now it's just one-on-one. -on -one. So it's like me and a worship leader like you and I, Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of evaluating their worship set online. And it's different. There's a different quality. Mm -hmm. um, I can ask questions that I normally wouldn't ask publicly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what are you insecure about? What's your, what's your greatest joy in seeing yourself lead? What do you love most about what you see mm -hmm. in yourself leading? Oh... Uh, uh, um, and doing that one-on-one -on -one ministry. I mean, the spirit moves in Zoom. I've seen the spirit move in Zoom. It's a little, a little more slow. <laughs> it felt slow before, but now it's like, wow, this is slower, you know. And so you, you know, just to wrap things up, I would love for you to give us a 
give us a, a plug for Thrive because this is something sure. that you have moved to an online platform that people watching this could actually check out and could be a part of. And then I would love for you to pray for us. So, Absolutely. so go, ready, set, yeah. go. Yeah, Thrive is one of our training events that normally we do physically. Last year we met in Denver and we had Glenn Packiam and Annabeth Morgan, and so many great people join us live. We had about 100 worship leaders in these roundtable environments. So this year, obviously, we're going digital. But then this thought when I talked with Harmony was like, wait, internet, time zones, how many people can we get together, right? So uh, our Chilean friends, uh, David Bergugno is going to be a teacher, Costa Rican friends, uh, Diane Thiel-Sharp from Atlanta, <clears throat> Harmony from the UK. Uh, we just thought, man, let's try to get some of these time zones together, and we're going to do some live training for Thrive. You can also just download the data if you want, but I've got teachers and like, I got Terry, Terry, <clears throat> Terry Butler teaching about set lists. I got um, Casey Corum doing song evaluations. We got Annabeth. So we're just pulling from this worldwide um, group. And obviously there's more to go. I mean, there's brilliant people in Australia. There's brilliant people in India. Like we're just getting started, but this is our first try at just some sort of global teaching. So thrive, vsow.org. You can register. Uh, use the code ferment15 if you want to save a little bit. Uh, it's already really cheap uh, for what you're going to get. It's six, it's six, six two-hour sessions. Um, practical stuff, heart stuff. It's going to be really great so and you can you sign up that. for like a master class coaching session right and a couple of other things yeah well, yeah we've just on. you got some perks so you can just attend the class normally you know in your pajamas watch along have some coaching uh, we're gonna have coaches in german so we'll have a, a german speaking coach klaus uh jamber is joining us and we've got our chilean they're gonna lead some spanish discussions so, and then obviously English. So the sermon, the, the keynotes will be in English, but then our table groups will be in uh, some native languages. So that'll be great. Um, but yeah, you can, if you want to pay a little extra, you can have one of your songs evaluated by a coach. You could have your worship set evaluated by a coach, or you could have the technical things that you're doing. You could send it to one of are people that we know are doing it well. And they're just going to spend an hour with you saying, hey, try this microphone. Hey, try this angle, which is crazy. I'm just like, that is such a great idea. That's amazing. So yeah, sign up. That's amazing. It sounds so, so good. So anybody who's interested in that, we will also be promoting this in our social media. So you'll get plenty <clears throat> of notice and reminders. Do sign up. And I think it's going to be really good. And if you're not too sure about the online side of this would you just give it a try just give it a chance give it a go what have you got to lose so mike would you pray for us please absolutely father son holy spirit thank you so much for your church and thank you for uh just anybody and everybody that's listening to this that is leaning in to serving your church serving people um it's a costly endeavor <laughs> <laughs> uh, many of us do not get anything from it and it actually takes a lot from us financially and time so i just pray right now that you would bless those that are leaning in bless them god that uh, your favor would be upon them that you would solidify this purpose this calling in them to be musical, to sing, to play with others, to do technical things. <clears throat> Will you just bless them, Lord? And uh, give them hope for tomorrow. Give them exceedingly, abundantly more than they could ever imagine to do this role. And uh, that it would overflow uh, into their leadership because we need leaders. We need those that would walk us through this next chapter in the church. Um, and we just pray your blessing. Holy Spirit, come fill every heart. 
that's leaning in to seek you to find you. That there would be a gift of your presence, um, a sweetness of your presence. And uh, I'm just thinking of some of my most profound moments with the Lord are when I'm so overcome with emotion that I can't sing. <laughs> or I can't sing. And a lot of new Christians just don't sing, but really profound things are happening. So I just speak faith over um, a non-singing church for a season in the, in the UK and, and beyond that, um, that we would have faith to lead people in creative ways. And we would not be one trick ponies <laughs> with, with singing or with any of our prophetic uh, gifts, but that we would see the whole field of the body, the whole work of the church. Put us to work for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. That was a really good word about being overcome with emotion mm -hmm. and not being able to sing. Yeah. That was good. Mike, thank you so much for your time, for your investment and your vineyard family across the pond. We're grateful for you and we look forward to getting to know you more in the yeah. months and years ahead. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for Thank your investment you. and all that you do and the invitation. Thanks. Cool. Bye.